Would you stand and listen for the word of the Lord? This morning from Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God and walking in His ways and observing His commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and holding fast to Him, for that means life to you and length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be God. Reverend Kate Foster Connors was reflecting on this passage and thinking how this fits into our American situation in this century. She says it seems like to her that we have become a nation of choosers. We have so many opportunities to choose, large, small, medium, or supersized, conventional or organic, this color or that color, and about any product you can think of. And not just one or two, but dozens of choices. She says when she reads something like this passage from Deuteronomy, she begins to think and feel like this is almost un-American. To say, oh, there's just two choices. They're really clear. Choose God and covenant with God and you experience life. Choose any other thing and you shall perish. It's the way to death. She says she observes herself and people around her becoming uncomfortable when people begin to talk about curtailing one's choices, limiting or focusing what one can or cannot do. But she says in this passage, Moses is making it very clear that there are some important choices to make. The authors of Deuteronomy couch this passage we've read today as part of the final address of Moses. God has worked through Moses to free the people from slavery in Egypt. God has used Moses to lead the people through the wilderness these 40 years now as he's shaped and formed them into a covenant community, a community of love and care for one another in a covenant with God who loves and cares for them but now they've come to the time where the people are going to cross the river Jordan and enter into the promised land and Moses will not be going with them but Moses wants them to remember 
who they are and whose they are and what it means to be the people of God and to live in covenant. So Moses reminds them that God has given them these commandments so that they might know life. So they might know the life that God intends, that they might know the life in its fullest extent as they live by the laws, the commandments, the decrees, the ordinances that God has given them. Moses is speaking in verse 15 and says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways and observing His commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then, then you shall live. Do you notice that if-then quality in the passage? If you choose this, then this is going to happen. If you choose this, then this is going to happen. You can choose life and blessings and prosperity, but that's not the only choice. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. There are many choices, but they are not all the same. Oh, there are many choices. We are given free will. We have the opportunity to choose a way to go or to choose another way to go or choose another way to go. But the wisdom of Moses says all the choices are not equal. There's danger in the freedom of we have to choose. Not all choices lead to the same consequences or to the same destination. Most of us have had the experience, probably all of us have had the experience, where we made some decisions, made some choices, went down a road, and then in hindsight decided that wasn't the right way. I took some missteps. I made some mistakes. All of a sudden, I'm not in a place that I thought I would be. I'm in the wrong place. It's easy to see, or at least easier to see in hindsight than when we're looking forward. But Moses is saying to his people, God is helping us look forward. God is helping us see the way to go. It is so easy to choose what appear to be quick and easy victories during our lives and feel really good in the short term, but then as time goes by and we begin to look back over the longer term, often we decide that we did not go in the right direction, that we made some mistakes, that we were short-sighted or impulsive, that we were grabbing for one thing even though we had a sense that it may be the wrong thing or in the wrong way. I learned a lesson about that pretty early in my life. When I was still just about three or four years old, I used to like to watch the Zorro television show. If you're my age or older,
older, you might remember Zorro wore a mask, sort of like the Lone Ranger, but he had a sword. He was fighting evil. He was fending off the bad guys at every turn. And at some point in every episode, if you saw that, you'll remember he took his sword and made a Z. So you knew who had vanquished the enemy. Oh, I love that show. I got excited about what Zorro was doing. And so when the show went off, I would become Zorro and run around my house fighting the bad guys and winning every time and leaving my Z. And then one day, when I was in the thick of imagination, I found a pocket knife. And oh, it became a great sword. And now I could really mark something with a Z and I ended up in my parents bedroom and they had a new chest of drawers and had a huge wooden side and I finished off the bad guys and left my mark with a Z I went on and played for a while and apparently my mother went into the bedroom and saw what happened because my sister, my brother, and I were summoned to her side, and she took us into her bedroom, and she said, look, someone has made a mark on the side of this new chest of drawers. Anybody know anything about that? None of us did. <laughs> no, ma'am. She dismissed us. I thought, Phew dodged a bullet and then my father got home from work my mother spoke with my father and then all three of us were summoned to come to the bedroom again my father gave us another chance does anybody want to confess of knowing anything about this all three of us shook our heads no my mother had three sheets of paper she handed one to each of us then she handed us a crayon. And my father said, I want each of you to make a Z on your paper. <laughs> so we each did. He collected them. Then he put them back on the bed. He says, does anybody see anything here? Oh, we could all see two matched and one did not. He took the one that did not and walked over to the chest of drawers. It matched the one on the chest of drawers because whoever had been there, instead of making a Z, had carved an S. <laughs> and it matched my paper. <laughs> and my brother and sister were dismissed. <laughs> and the bedroom door was closed. And my fa father and mother and I had a little heart-to-heart -heart discussion. And they began to explain to me that I had to be able to tell the difference between make-believe and real life. And I had to have some self-control. And I had to make better decisions. But I learned something else that day. I learned that I didn't have to lie to my parents. Oh, I saw the error of my ways. But more importantly, I learned that I could trust my parents, they had my best interest at heart. They explained to me that they wanted the very best for me, and I had to learn some things if I was going to experience that. 
But they said they were there to help me and support me as I grew and learned. They helped me redeem that situation. They reminded me that I was still their beloved child. It helped me learn a lesson about life. But I think it also helped shape my view of God. So often, people think God is an angry judge giving us restrictions, just waiting for us to break a rule so that God might punish us. But I saw a different view that day from my parents. And Moses sees a different view of God as well and gives us these commandments, he says, because God loves us. God cares about us. God wants us to be God's people living in covenant with one another so we might know the fullness of life. So God has not just given us restrictions. God has given us the ideal prescription for living rather than just restrictions from living. Do you see the difference? It has to do with how we see God, how we interpret the commandments, the ordinances, and the decrees. Recently, I was out of town and driving back one night after dark if you drive much in Oklahoma, I bet you've had an experience like this. I began to see signs that told me there's construction up ahead. Right, and kind of count you down. And then you begin to see the barrels and the flashing lights and the signs. And then there's stripes painted on the highway taking you out of your lane onto another lane so that everybody goes in the same direction through the construction zone. It was so very clearly marked when I first got into the construction zone. Everyone slowed down and navigated their way around the cones. But then as further we drove, there were fewer and fewer barrels and cones and signs and no flashers. So I found myself relying on those white lines painted to show you where the new lane was. But then all of a sudden those began to fade and, and then they disappeared. And I was driving in the dark, and I wasn't sure that I knew where the lane was. And all of a sudden, I realized how important those boundary lines that mark the lanes are. They show us the way forward. They show us the way to go safely, how to continue to proceed as we go forward. Moses says God has given us some boundary lines some boundary lanes and says that these lead to life and moses says choose life but you have other choices if you decide not to obey those but i tell you it's a choice for death the commandments and the decrees and the ordinances can be seen as punitive they can be seen as restrictions but they could also be understood as prescriptions for life. Prescriptions for life. Oh, we have a choice to make, Moses says. We can obey or disobey. But he says they're not of equal value and they will not take you to the same conclusion. I was thinking about all of this and driving that night and i thought you know there could be a huge sign at the entrance of the highway 
that says, choose life, obey the rules of the road, or choose death. Our highway signs are not usually that stark. But we know what happens when we cut across the lines that keep us in the correct lane. We know what happens when we don't pay attention to the rules of the road. And we know that it can lead to death. And Moses says, choose life. Obey the commandments. It's a covenant of love that God has offered to us. It's out of God's love and care for the people, for, for all of humankind, in fact, that we've been given these covenant commandments, decrees, and ordinances as the way to the best life ever. Your life is not one on a dark highway where you're all alone. No, Moses says, God is with you. God loves you and has shown you the way to life. He says it in verse 16. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways, and observing His commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live. The way to live is by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways, and observing the commandments that He has given us. There was a poem that went around the internet a few years ago. I first read it in a book about Mother Teresa. People were attributing it to her because it was on a wall in the children's home she had in Calcutta. But by the time it circulated back to America, it turned out that actually it had been written by a Harvard student in the 1960s. It elucidates for us this idea of what choices we have. Kent Keith was a student. He wrote this. People are unreasonable illogical and self-centered love them anyway if you do good people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives do good anyway if you're successful you win false friends and true enemies succeed anyway the good you do will be forgotten tomorrow do good anyway Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spent years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have and you'll be kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you've got anyway. Amen.